we have reached the point in our fall, unbelievably so, things have been going so fast, that we are ready to do some preview episodes on fall championships. And joining me today on the Michelle Access podcast is James Melton, the new administrator of tennis. And James, you get to you get to lead us off in the 23-24 school year with the first championship. Am I the first? You are the first. Girls tennis in the fall. <laughs> we're the first ones. I just I just realized that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You, you head down, just kind of doing the work, not <laughs> just looking at things that it goes. But I do have a, a counter, and it, it, it tells me that there are 22 days left. before 22 the, days. I believe that's exactly what the counter says. Nice. As but I didn't know I was the first. So Okay. Well, when our listeners will hear this, it's going to be a lot closer. Oh, yeah. 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 We are recording this with 22 days to go before the first weekend of our two weekends of girls tennis championships. So let's talk about when are our girls championships. So the individual girls tennis championships will be October 12th through the 14th, and they will be at the Cooper Tennis Complex in Springfield, Missouri. That will be both the individual and the doubles. So it's individual and doubles. Singles and doubles. Singles Mm -hmm. and doubles. Thank Mm -hmm. you. And then the following week, we do the team tournament, and that will start October 20th, and it will end October 21st. Same location. Yeah, and we've talked about this a little bit in the spring, but the location, Cooper Tennis Center in Springfield, it's a facility of the Springfield Green County Park Board, and it is a premier tennis facility. Our sister states around us are all jealous of what we have in Springfield at Cooper we talked a little bit about how many courts we have, I think, what, 16? We have 16 outdoor and mm-hmm. we have 10 indoor, yeah. but we can't use all 10 indoor all the time. We use between six and eight. Yeah. So it's a tremendous facility, the fall championships with the girls and really spring boys, because we have the indoor option, we come in with best laid plans. Yep. <laughs> and unlike if we only had an outdoor facility, we might be delaying days, but We have the indoor courts. While we can't go as efficiently as we would with the outdoor, the indoor facility allows for us to get each of those days in, if we have inclement weather, in a reasonable amount of time. So just a shout out to really foresight of the folks in Springfield. Tennis is a big draw into the city of Springfield. And as I said, you kick us off, but we will be in Springfield for those two weekends And we'll be right back there the next weekend with our fall softball championship. So we'll talk about that in another episode. And those facilities are next door to each other. Yeah, they're side by side. (laughs) We have an interesting, I wouldn't call it really a a problem. It's just a, it's a little bit of a conundrum. Like we'll have to do some puzzle piecing as we go. We will be down half our outside courts this fall. They're doing a, a beautiful sort of remodel of the turf and the surfaces on half those courts that will be finished up late into the fall. And so we'll only be able to use eight outdoor courts. Mallory and her team with Cooper Tennis is already beginning to work with us about how we're going to utilize those indoor courts more to our advantage. And actually, last year with the girls, we were without the other eight courts. Oh, so we're they finishing had, the process. Yeah, they started that process about a year ago, shut down half of the courts this year. It's just it's just the flip. So so we've done it. We just have to... We can do it we again. We hope we can do it again. So we talked about the dates. And you mentioned we have the singles and doubles in the first weekend, the team in the second weekend... We do have three classes in girls tennis. So this is a sport where we run actually three championships per class. We have the individual singles championship, the individual doubles championship, 
And then we have team tennis, and it's all separate in the state of Missouri. We're unique in that way. We are unique. So let's talk singles and doubles, and we just want to talk about the the pathway for a student-athlete to get to Cooper Tennis Center. How do we do that? When did districts start for individual singles and doubles? So at this recording, we're actually just a little bit ahead of that. Our first playable date for districts is supposed to be September 30th. Most schools and their site locations will play that day, but a few reach out and ask us and can start a little bit earlier. They can start as early as September 28th, two days before that. They're taking into account the number of facilities they have, what's playable, weather. A lot of them like to leave themselves a little bit of contention. If, if things go sour, they're able to jump in and get that play in by the 30th. So, And historically, those tournaments are single-day tournaments. One day, yeah. Yeah, we're looking at eight bracketed tournaments with eight... Actually, you could have more than eight. You have eight schools in a district. Correct. Which would also be the team districts if your school has enough teams. That's correct. Because not necessarily will you not have enough, plays, yeah. enough players to have a team. We can you talk have about have a minimum a of four, I think, is what I've been learning and keeping my brain wrapped mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Yes. So we're looking at single day tournaments for individual singles and doubles. Each school can enter two in each of the tournaments. So a full varsity team in girls tennis is six players. That's a right. full team. And then if you take that and, and a team tennis, we're getting into team tennis. But anyway, we have six six players. Six and players you can put the, all six of those in the district tournament. If you have two doubles teams, that takes up four. If you have two singles, that's six. Most full tennis teams are going to put all their players in the district tournament yep. and see who wins. Now, district champion, are they the only ones out or do we have the top two? It will be the top two. But so class one is slightly different than class two and three because of the way we classify and we district them. We have 16 districts in class one. So they actually kind of have, you talked about pathway, they have two parts that they have to do. They have to complete their district tournament, and then they will turn around and partner with another district to get to their top two that will make it to state. In the class two and three, we're already combined at eight schools, and so they don't have to have a sectional tournament to get us to state. They will award their district champions, and then those top two teams will meet us at state for play. So in class one, we have a a district and a sectional. sectional. In classes two and three, like top two out of districts are going to Cooper. Yep. Okay. So we started to kind of hint at teams. So the team championships are the following weekend. Correct. And the team tournament is more like the rest of our team tournaments. You play one contest a day. Well, a team tennis contest is actually multiple, multiple games, <laughs> uh, game, multiple matches. Yeah. So when will we start with our district tournament? So it starts right up the following week. They begin their district play, and that can happen over a couple of days. Most site locations usually pick at least two days. It just depends, again, on location, when schools can get together, and kind of matching how you put together a team. The team is slightly different where, you know, it could be those same six women that represent the team and they could be entering the team tournament. Or a coach could be looking at their six best singles players and then matchups of other very amount of players to get to the doubles teams that play as part of that team. And so when they come to play the team tournament, they're going to be playing three rounds of doubles and they're going to be playing up to could be six rounds of singles. But really, it's who gets to five. (laughs) Right. It's a simple scoring on team tennis. It's who wins the match. Right. That school that wins the match gets a point. You could play up to nine, as you said, six singles and three doubles. But as soon as you get to five, it's over. It's over. In the regular season, sometimes and often, schools will go all the way out to nine because you want to get kids an, an experience. Play time, yeah. Right. But it, when you get to the postseason, you tend to go ahead and end at five. And so the scores can be 5 one and so on. And so your bracketed team tournament is going to play out just like our other district tournaments. 
you're going to get a winner from each district. Now, we have, I believe we have eight districts in Correct. classes two and three. So we don't bring eight teams to state. So your district no. championship. So in our team, we have a quarterfinal. Correct. And in classes two and three, we'll have a quarterfinal. In class one, we'll have a sectional and a quarterfinal to qualify for Springfield. Right. Sometime in the week before singles and doubles, girls tennis player in the state of Missouri could be playing in their team sectional and quarterfinal Quarter and turn right around and then come to to state and springfield and have to, to play, play singles or doubles right, <laughs> right. if so, you're a top player you, you you're probably getting a lot of court time <laughs> yeah okay so we've talked quite a bit about how to get to springfield if you're a girls tennis player and i want to talk a little bit we try to highlight officials for all of our sports in tennis do we have officials generally it was surprising to me. I, you know, I just assumed there was going to be an official at every match. And the answer is no, we don't. Tennis is this amazing community of like self-regulating. So they teach the kids how to call their own faults, you know, and how to score the game. And that builds camaraderie and trust between players. Also coaches assist in that, helping and, and model for kids what that looks like. But as we get to the state tournament and we get to the state championship, we do bring on and we kind of raise the level of professionalism. And we bring some roving officials who begin to act in that capacity. And we have four incredible roving officials that will be joining us and then one head official that sort of oversees and make sure that we're following all the USTA rules as it applies to Missouri State Tennis. And you mentioned USTA rules. We're always trying to educate through this show. All of our sports use the NFHS rule books, except <laughs> for tennis and golf. Golf uses USGA, tennis uses, uses USTA. USTA. And so we actually use USTA officials, not MISHA officials. Correct in our tennis championships, just as in golf, we may talk about this on that episode, we use MGA officials as opposed to MISHA officials. Those folks are usually working the collegiate or semi-pro or, you know, traveling tennis circuit. Like I said, we're not using them in the regular season. We're only using them at the final site. And one feature that we have in our girls and boys tennis championships is we use those officials on those championship matches. Correct. In the individual singles and doubles, because there is not usually a championship match for a team, you can have simultaneous play and at any point you could have a champion. But in individual singles and doubles, we're going to chair those matches. And that means that official will have one official in the chair, just like you see on TV in pro tennis. Wimbledon, US Open, French Open. Which it's likely that neither student athlete has had that experience or maybe just once or twice. So it's kind of special about our championships when it comes to tennis. Okay, we talked a little bit. Again, we're going to educate a little bit about high school tennis and team tennis. And you mentioned something about the difference between the singles and doubles. Yes, a full tennis team is six. It can be more. Yeah. There is a rule that we have to create fairness in our team championships, and it's a rank order system. Correct. So we're not going to go into the real details, but essentially a team's tennis coach is maintaining a rank order of all their players that is registered on the Michigan website throughout the season. Yes. And there are date markers at which those can change and have to stop changing. Correct. And when we are looking at a team tennis match or a team tennis duel, which we're doing in our state playoffs, as you said, your singles and doubles, you can go beyond the six, but we still rank order right. our singles and doubles. So we will have the one versus the one, the two versus the two, and so on. And we do the same thing in doubles. Years ago, there used to not be a rank order right. system. And the savvy coach could figure out, you know what, that other team is so good at the number one double spot. 
we're never going to win it. We're, there's no way we can beat those. So instead of putting our best doubles against them, we're going to put lower, not as skilled players against the juggernaut. Correct. And we're going to put our best doubles teams against their number two so that we've got a better chance of getting that win. And so you got into, the, I mean, it's obvious. If there's no rule against it, you want to win. You're right. trying to do the strategy. Well, that's not really... Fair. Not in the spirit of fairness. <laughs> Not in the spirit of fairness. We're trying to like versus like. So Missouri came up with this rank order system. So you have your rank order, which is your singles rank, right? right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. And a coach can put in one, two, three, four, five, six in singles or one, three, five, seven, and 12. They right. are They're building their best team. Right. But then we get into doubles you are looking at the sum of those two ranks. Correct. And they have to go from smallest to largest, largest. in doubles team one, doubles team two, and doubles team three. So I don't know if anyone understood that. <laughs> However, these are the things that as the sport has grown and morphed over the years, our tennis advisory coaches have helped. This This has been in place for years and years, but they have helped like look at things that happen right. and say, you know what, maybe we can find a better way to do this. And I think it also, like, I've answered a lot of questions, and this is new this year. It was an update to our tennis rules. There was versions of it happening, and people were already kind of practicing and playing with this, but they they really codified it this last year. And as I've answered questions, the the first thing I say is that we're going to get like and like together. It's going to be competitive, fair play on the field. And and the minute you kind of put that out there, the coaches go, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. And then that also builds faith and trust against all the players and that what's happening is is going to be a great game. And it also, it ups the ante a little bit. When you've got like playing happening, it isn't a game that's just over. A match just doesn't end. All of a sudden you have some volleying and you have some, you have some stuff going back and forth that makes it a lot more exciting, especially at the state championship. Yes. Okay, James, are you a tennis player? I am not. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> okay, so how did you learn how to do this? So I think it's been a combo of asking a lot of questions. But I start with the fact that I'm a tennis fan in the sense that my wife played tennis in high school. And I remember watching and listening to her talk about that. She played doubles. And then we also really enjoyed particularly watching women's tennis. Casual at best, like just enjoying the athleticism of it all. The interior knowledge about what it doesn't mean to be a tennis player and or what the coaches are thinking about has really come from two locations. Kenny Seifert has been at just an amazing mentor in answering almost any question I might ask. And then Jeannie Chavez, who is our head official, I've called her numerous times to say, make me understand what a coach is asking me so that I can, when I have to give an interpretation or provide guidance for a rule or say, let's let's talk about that. I really do understand the, the tennis rule as it applies. Jeannie's really great at the tennis rules. Kenny has been really great at our systems and our approach to supporting coaches and players all across the state. So that that's how I've come to do that. Plus, I've been watching a lot of tennis on YouTube. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we have a history of many of our sport administrators who, it's not their background. No. And they come in and they, they figure things out and they meet the people who do know and you learn the community. You get to know people you experience it, and you got to go to the boys tennis championships in the yeah. spring. Had the awesome opportunity to witness and assist and help at the boys tennis tournament in the spring. Kind of got it just underneath my feet. I wouldn't say that I'm steady. I'm stumbling around a little bit. I just came back from a couple of days of being with the NFHS 
and they're performing arts. But the great part about going to an event like that is that there are other administrators and people who are in the same boat as I am who are doing something with performing arts, but they're also doing athletic events. And so I talked to three other execs who are doing tennis, who answered a lot of questions for me, gave me some contacts, and said the most fantastic thing for me. They, they were like, I think it was a gentleman from North Dakota, and he said, my favorite thing to do was to learn to administrate the Festival of Fuzzy Balls. He was like, <laughs> it's, he goes, it's great. It's amazing. You're going to love every minute of it. And he goes, and it's not North Dakota, so it's not snowing <laughs> during our True. outdoor tennis tournament. <laughs> So that's how I've been getting, that's how I've been learning and and making sure that I'm ready to serve in the greatest capacity. I'm aware that I'm going to make a mistake, but what I've learned is that people tend to smile, answer my question and help me learn. And then we, we come up with a solution and move right on forward. Okay. Well, we are just weeks away from our girls tennis championships. When you hear this, we probably are days away from our girls tennis championships and Right now, even though we are recording right now, we're, you know, no matter what time you you hear this, as long as we're before it, there are kids in the state of Missouri who've been practicing and having competition and learning a ton about themselves and learning to be a part of a team and having fun bus experiences Mm -hmm. and tremendous disappointment and having tremendous excitement. And that's what we want. And it's all happening. And we kick off our fall championship season with girls tennis. So thank you, James. Coming is awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. This is the first of our fall sports championship preview episodes. We thank you for listening to the Misha All Access Podcast. This is Dr. Jennifer Ruckstead, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access Podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access Podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.